Hello everyone and welcome to the October 17th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd, Scarin and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our legislative report. A number of workers' compensation bills were passed by the California legislature this year and were awaiting action by Governor Brown. Here are highlights about what happened this week in Sacramento. Governor Brown vetoed a bill that would have extended the 104-week temporary disability cap. SB 899 reduced the number of weeks an injured worker may be paid temporary disability benefits, but this year the California legislature attempted to increase them. AB 947 proposed to increase payments of TD benefits from 104 weeks up to 240 weeks under some circumstances. The author introduced his bill to address circumstances where medical treatment takes longer than 104 weeks of TD benefits. Proponents said these are cases involving substantial injuries where the injured worker is simply not able to work during the recovery period. The most common example would be cases where conservative treatments are attempted for an extended period, but ultimately surgery with an extended recovery period is required. The bill had the support of the California Applicants Attorneys Association and the California Labor Federation. Employers were opposed to the bill, arguing that the 104-week cap was one of the major reforms that have helped control workers' comp costs. They argue that in most cases, extending the duration of TD benefits does little to improve medical treatment. Employers also argued that the language of the bill was too open-ended and would allow any physician to extend TD benefits in most cases. Opponents included the California Chamber of Commerce, the California Coalition on Workers' Compensation, the CSAC Excess Insurance Authority, and the California Association of Joint Powers Authorities. Governor Brown vetoed this bill on September 7th. He sent a veto message to the California Assembly explaining his reason. He said workers' compensation reforms need to be addressed on a broad and balanced scale, ensuring workers receive adequate and timely benefits and treatment, while also ensuring that the costs of the system are sustainable. Governor Brown also vetoed modifications to the Supplemental Job Displacement Benefit Program. In 2004, the Labor Code provided for this new benefit. This year, AB 211 attempted to modify this program. This bill intended to replace the current Supplemental Job Displacement Benefit, or SJDB, schedule with a single voucher for up to $6,000. It also would have expanded the purposes for which the voucher may be used. It would include benefits for the purchase of a computer, equipment, payment of occupational licensing, certification, or examination fees, the purchase of necessary tools, and miscellaneous expenses that would not require documentation. This bill would have exempted employers who make an offer of reemployment or continued employment from providing vouchers. Governor Brown vetoed this bill. He provided a letter to the California Assembly with his reason. He said he was reluctant to enact piecemeal changes to the workers' compensation system in the absence of more comprehensive reform that addresses both the costs and benefits under the system. There have been prior attempts to modify the SJDB program that failed. In 2009, SB 3 was nearly identical to this bill. 
It was held in the Senate Appropriations Committee. In 2008, SB 1189 would have created a procedure for estimating and delivering earlier retraining benefits in specified circumstances. This bill was also held under submission by the Senate Appropriations Committee. In 2007, SB 942 sought to clarify when an injured worker could receive the SJDB benefit to improve return to work rates. It was passed by the legislature but was vetoed by Governor Schwarzenegger. Governor Brown vetoed AB 585, a utilization review bill requiring California licensed physicians to do the UR review. Proponents of the bill claimed that the California Medical Board deems the performance of UR to be the practice of medicine and argued that by operation of the Medical Practice Act, only a California licensed physician can lawfully perform the UR function. The administrative director of the DWC, however, declined to concede this interpretation of the law when the regulations to implement the UR statute were adopted. Proponents argued that Physicians not licensed in California may be unfamiliar with the specifics of California workers' compensation law and or the details of the requirements of UR. Thus, they may be more likely to fail to follow California work comp law. This bill would have required that a physician who is conducting UR be licensed in California. Governor Brown vetoed the bill and sent the following veto message to the members of the California Assembly. He said that this requirement of using only California licensed physicians to conduct utilization review in workers' comp cases would be an abrupt change and inconsistent with the manner in which utilization review is conducted by healthcare service plans under the Knox-Keene Act and by those regulated by the California Department of Insurance. He was not convinced that a Establishing a separate standard for workers' comp utilization review makes sense. Governor Brown vetoed a bill that would have limited apportionment. To the surprise of California employers bracing for the worst, he vetoed AB 1155. This bill would have stated the intent of the legislature to prohibit the use of risk factors and specified characteristics to deny or reduce benefits. This bill would have prohibited the approximate percentage of the permanent disability caused by other factors including race, religious creed, color, national origin, age, gender, marital status, sex, sexual orientation, or genetic characteristics. While the bill at first glance was presented as an anti-discrimination law, it was in effect targeting the ability of an employer to apportion permanent disability under the language of SB 899. Brown vetoed this proposed law and sent the following veto message to the California State Assembly. The courts already recognize that apportioning a disability award to any of these classifications is antithetical to our state's non-discriminatory policies. He said the courts also recognize that apportioning to an actual non-industrial condition that contributes to causing a disability is permissible and required by the principle that apportionment is based on causation. Brown concluded that this bill would not change existing law as interpreted by the courts to date. He thought that this bill would, however, generate new litigation over questions of whether it is intended to change existing interpretations. 
He also added that at best, that additional litigation would add to employers' costs for workers' comp. And at worst, this bill could disturb the appropriate interpretation of existing law that is already taking shape in the courts. This is the third effort made by the California legislature to tamper with the apportionment component of SB 899. In 2010, SB 145 was identical to this bill. It was vetoed by Governor Schwarzenegger. In 2008, SB 1115 would have barred the consideration of race, national origin, gender, sex, genetic predisposition, and certain other factors in the determination of an apportionment of the causes of an industrial injury. It was also vetoed by Governor Schwarzenegger. Governor Brown vetoed SB 127, a bill that would have added more current CPT codes to the official medical fee schedule, or OMFS. The supporters of this proposed law said that the last time that the CPT codes for physician services were updated by the DWC was in 1999. The CPT codes are annually updated and published by the American Medical Association. They describe a specific medical service and are the nationally accepted way for the medical provider to clearly communicate to payors what service was performed when they bill for a service. Hundreds of CPT codes have been added to the coding structure since 1999, making the existing CPT coding system for the OMFS very outdated. This outdated system requires providers to maintain a separate coding system in their office to bill workers' comp services. It also causes confusion when the provider bills a service that is not included in the OMFS. This unnecessarily increases the administrative costs for the payors as they manually review and seek information from the provider as to the service actually performed. Proponents claim that having a current coding system will decrease overhead costs for both payors and providers and improve communication as to the medical service performed. However, Governor Brown did not appear to agree with these arguments. He sent a veto message to the state senate which specified the following reason for his veto. Updating these codes without updating other components of the fee schedule, such as the relative values and conversion factors, would produce neither a more efficient nor accurate physician fee schedule. He also said that the bill is a piecemeal approach, which would lead to additional costs and increased disputes. It would also detract from updating the fee schedule in its entirety, which he says the DWC is currently doing. Governor Brown did sign a new law that hopes to lower compounded pharmaceutical costs. He signed AB 378. This new law brings compound drugs under the pharmacy fee schedule. It removes the financial incentives and limits reimbursement for these drugs. This bill adds pharmacy goods to the list of medical goods or services for which it is unlawful for a physician to refer a person except in certain circumstances. The bill was passed with bipartisan support. The legislative findings included in the bill clearly specify the problem. The analyst said that since the creation of the official medical fee schedule governing pharmaceuticals, there has been a growing practice by some prescribing physicians to utilize medications that are not covered by the fee schedule, to dispense these medications directly to workers' comp patients, and to bill employers and insurers at highly inflated rates. 
AB 378 seeks to curb this practice by amendments to Labor Code 139.2 that would remove the financial incentives for, for prescribing costly and questionable compounded drugs, copacs, and medical foods, and to create a new process for prescribing these products. This new law will take effect next January. And the California Chamber of Commerce applauds the death of this year's job killer bills. Each year, the California Chamber of Commerce identifies proposed law pending before the California legislature that it claims will have an adverse effect on the state's business climate. The announced list of 2011 job killer bills started with 28 and grew to 30 proposed laws. As the year progressed, many of the bills on the chamber list did not make it out of committees or failed to be passed by the legislature before the year-end deadline. Two bills that made the list related to workers' compensation and both were vetoed by Governor Brown. The remaining bills on the list involved other issues of concern to the business community. At the end of the legislative session, Brown vetoed all but one of the remaining bills that cleared the legislature. But Brown did sign a chamber-opposed bill that limits the ability of prospective employers to use credit reports to screen out job applicants. AB 22 limits a private employer's ability to use consumer credit reports for legitimate employment purposes unless the information in the report is substantially job-related and for a managerial position. Alan Zarenberg, chief executive of the California Chamber of Commerce, commended Governor Brown for vetoing nearly all job killer bills. Not counting special session bills, Brown's veto percentage was 14.4%, with 745 signed and 125 vetoed for the year. Brown's average was only slightly above the 13.8% vetoed by governors since 1967 and way below Arnold Schwarzenegger, who routinely vetoed a fourth or more of the bills that landed on his desk. And now our fraud report. The owner of an Orange County tree trimming business faces fraud charges after filing a 2007 insurance claim for the family of an employee who died in a wood chipper. Prosecutors say he never paid premiums on the insurance. Jose Luis Guerrero of Fullerton is free on $500,000 bail pending his arraignment in Superior Court. Guerrero is charged with multiple felony counts of failing to file a return with the intent to evade taxes, of willfully failing to pay taxes, and of misrepresenting facts to the state compensation insurance fund. In 2007, landscaper Gabriel Gonzalez who worked for Guerrero, was killed when his body was pulled into a wood chipper, a machine that shreds tree branches into mulch. Police and the coroner's office and safety regulators ruled it was an industrial accident, so there were no criminal charges. Guerrero filed an insurance claim to collect benefits for the worker's family. The state compensation insurance fund discovered the alleged fraud while reviewing Guerrero's business after the claim was filed. Prosecutors allege that Guerrero underreported his payroll to his carrier by more than $2 million, so he would have to pay less in workers' comp insurance premiums. Prosecutors allege he is also accused of paying his employees in cash to avoid paying state taxes. If convicted on all counts, Guerrero faces up to 31 years in prison. 
And that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarrett, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. And please drop by again next week for more news.